0: Building trust in a digital world with generative AI everywhere. Welcome back to Nation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from F5 is Distinguished Engineer Lori McVitie. Hi, Lori.
1: Hi, Fred. Thanks for uh, having me on.
0: A pleasure. Well, give us a bit of background first about F5 Mm -hmm. so people get an idea what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, that's always a, a good start because it's it's usually the case that you're not familiar with F5 because we sell exclusively to businesses, even though uh you know you and your listeners have probably interacted with our technology a dozen times already today. You bought a, an airline ticket, you you know, did some online banking, maybe streamed some. Uh, show off of a, a service or post it on social media, our technology makes that happen. It makes sure it's happened and it makes sure that it's secure.
0: So what what is it that, that F5 is <laughs> providing?
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's, well, it's technology, right? So it's software that sit in between you and the application you're trying to access. And it does things like make sure that no one's snooping on you. It makes sure that there's no malicious content coming back to you. It makes sure that the app is actually available, that it's up. It makes sure you get to the right application, which is increasingly important in places like Europe where you have to keep right certain pieces of data in, in the same country as the user. So you have to know how to get a user and say, well, you're from this country, I need to send you to that country. So things like that, F5 produces the technology that makes all of that happen seamlessly. That's why you don't know that we exist. If we messed up, then you'd know.
0: (laughs) You wrote a blog post uh, recently Mm -hmm. that uh, took a look at what companies are doing and what they aren't doing when Mm -hmm. it comes to digital transformation. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And this new urgency spurred by generative AI. Tell us a bit about it.
1: Right. So, for about the past 25 years, and I've been with F5 for 17 of them, we've been working with organizations as they go on this digital transformation journey, as they build more applications, they build more ways to interact digitally, and right, they generally use the internet to conduct every kind of business you could imagine. So, we've watched this, and that's our technology is designed to aid in that process. So, we see What they're doing, what they need to do, how they're failing. So we sat down and we wrote a book, The Enterprise Architecture for Digital Business, that describes what you need to do in your business with IT specifically in order to enable you to operate as a digital business, so one that can use AI, one that relies on data, one that runs seamlessly so their customers don't get angry at them when when apps don't respond or go down. So we wrote that book, and then we've actually been using that as the foundation to look at data from customers that we ask questions to every year to see how far along they were in that journey. Are they ready for AI? And one of the things that we noted is that most customers are right in the middle of their transformation. They're not quite ready to harness all of the data and the power of AI because they haven't really modernized what they have already, right? And you've seen modernization in everyday life from the point of sale systems at, you know, the grocery store. When you go to check out, it used to be a cash register, Right. Then it went to these little boxes and now you can just tap your credit card and your food is bought. It's amazing. Right. It's all digital now. That's the kind of transformation that organizations go to. But they have to move from I'm using a cash register to this little box, to this other technology. And it's a difficult transition, as you're probably aware, if you've been involved in a store that's upgrading. Right. It takes time. They have to change things. It's a it's very laborious and expensive process. So we see most organizations trying to do that right now. And they need that foundation if they're going to leverage AI. Right. And then suddenly generative AI comes on the scene and they're like, wait, we're not ready for this. (laughs) We don't have that foundation. We haven't finished doing our digital transformation. So that's why we see a lot of the cloud providers and technology companies that are able to harness AI and provide it as a service, offer it suddenly, right? So most companies are, are actually using it the same way we might, which is to go and sign up for a service and then take advantage of it.
0: What's the level of understanding mm-hmm. out there of of what this generative AI is. I mean, people hear, oh, it's going to change everything, and they wonder, well, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> um, I think they're correct in, in the same way that uh mobile phones and the internet changed everything, right? When when I was a child, the Sears catalog was Christmas. Wow, look at this, right? And write it down. And today, right, kids are like, oh, Amazon wish list, buy me something. Uh, It changed the way that we interact with one another, how we share information, and AI is going to have that same impact on every type of business, every person, every part of your life. There's AI everywhere. Um, Sometimes it's very small, right? Just your GPS sometimes, right? Doing some routing and calculations, it's machine learning. It's a form of AI, To something really complex like conversational AI, where you're chatting and you're learning how to search and using it, right? And having uh, almost a relationship, some people might say, with that AI. So it's really impacting everything. And I don't think we can see how it's going to impact our lives right now because it's still new. But the very fact that it is new and very different and everyone's excited about it says that it's going to have an impact somehow. We will all find a use for AI in our lives in some way that will make it easier or faster or better.
0: What are some of the ways that you think this is going to improve all of our lives? Uh, I know you took a look at healthcare, for example.
1: Right. Uh, Well, a lot of what the not- chat GPT AI does, right? That's, it's very conversational. When you look at what AI does and how it sifts through data and it makes connections, it's able to look at data and analyze it faster than we can, much faster than we can. Uh, So if you can leverage AI in healthcare, say to watch all of the signals coming from monitors and sensors that are watching over patients, it can actually one, log that, right? So a a nurse or a, a practitioner doesn't have to write it down somewhere or enter it in a computer. It can be done automatically, save them time, and then also alert sooner, right? It can notice variations that are very subtle faster than we might and be able to warn someone or send an alert faster than someone calling, say. So it could increase the speed of noticing something's wrong or needing attention, and it also frees up the nurses and practitioners' time, so that they can spend more time on patient care and right on on solving the problems that they need to solve instead of logging things or writing them down or doing research.
0: Very often, when new technologies arrive for businesses and and consumers, um, it can be pretty expensive at first to take advantage of. In this case, mm. my sense is that this is not necessarily going to add a lot of cost. Or am I wrong?
1: I think that depends on how you're using it to actually use it. Most of the services if you want to really get into uh, training a model specifically for you. like if you have a specific thing you want to do with it, you have to train that model. It's very it has very general knowledge. But it doesn't know anything specifically about your area of expertise that you want it to be able to answer questions about. So if you want to do that, you have to be able to have an environment where you can set that up. You have to have the data. You have to be able to store that. So you get some costs around computing, which is actually very expensive in terms of the power it needs. So my laptop, for example, won't really run a chat GPT model very well. It doesn't have the the horsepower under the hood to do it, right? It's like taking a Pinto and taking it to the Daytona 500. Like it's going to (laughs) lose right away. So you need a lot of computing hardware in order to be able to run these efficiently and do them as fast as you need it. You need a way to store the data. Storage isn't cheap. Uh, and if you're using a service, you have to pay for it. So, you know, in terms of, is it costly? I think it depends on what you want to do with it. If I'm just using Chat GPT in order to help me craft an email or a blog or an article, or maybe do some research, then it doesn't really cost anything. So it really depends on how you want to use it.
0: And if it's mm-hmm. reducing the number of uh, man hours or woman hour is needed uh, to to accomplish a (laughs) task, I suppose.
1: Yes, productivity is probably one of the biggest gains right now, right, is saving time. So saving time so that you can focus on things that matter, right? It's a lot like automation in that sense. Automation and AI really kind of go together as a, a force multiplier. They can take the power of one person and they can do the work of what might take three people if it was done manually. So it makes them able to focus on higher level tasks, more strategic thinking, uh, all sorts of different right, value adds instead of the mundane type this in.
0: A really wide range of opinions out there. Your thoughts, is this scary?
1: Change is always scary. <laughs> I, any tool or technology has the potential to be abused. I, that's just the way it is. We've seen that with uh, hackers, attackers, bots, um, every kind of technology that we've created in order to help us do things faster have ultimately been used by someone to do something nefarious or malicious or, right, uh, you know, just to be annoying. So is it scary? Well, yes, because they could do it 10 times faster. Uh, is the AI itself scary? No. Um, I think, at least from my perspective, I know enough about how AI works and and how it's built uh, to not be scared of that, but the uses people might put it to, yeah, that's kind of scary.
0: What do you tell companies who, clients perhaps, who who might say, you know, I think I'm just going to hold off here and see how this shakes out before I jump in. What do you tell them?
1: Oh, that's a bad idea. I think that's definitely a, a bad idea. Saying, I'm not ready to take advantage of it, to full advantage of it, because I'm still trying to modernize my my architecture and my business so I can do it. That's different than saying I'm just not going to take advantage of it. There are still ways to take advantage of of all of this different AI without having to host it on your, your own right computers and, and data to your servers, right? So you should still be trying to figure out how can I use it so that you know what to build and what to focus on and how to prioritize, because there is no doubt that this is going to impact every single business that's out there, and you will need to have these capabilities or you will be eventually left behind.
0: Terrific. For more info, I assume the site is f5.com?
1: That is absolutely correct.
0: Terrific. Lori McVitie, thank you so much for spending time with us.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed it.